born into the heart of every human is the supernatural. When you look at music and you look at movies and you look at television shows and you look at our culture, you see innate born into them is a desire for the supernatural. Today, if you look at Gen Z, the teenagers in the world, one of the great characteristics that they display is a, is a love for the supernatural. And what is interesting to me is that the world is so comfortable with the supernatural, but the church is not. As a matter of fact, the world is familiar with the supernatural, but the church is foreign to it. It's almost like we apologize for the supernatural. And it's almost as if we've got things uh, backwards. We live in such a natural setting. We, we, we aren't living in a supernatural setting because it's, it's uh, weird. It's creepy. It's not right. It goes against the way we see things. What does Jesus and Imagine Dragons or Coldplay or Katy Perry or Maroon 5 or countless other musicians who write songs on the supernatural, what does Jesus have in common with them? What does Jesus have in common with The Silent Place or Friday the 13th or The Shining or Nightmare on Elm Street or The Omen or Rosemary's Baby or Isabel or Carrie or Walking Dead or others, us and it? What about Insidious or Conjuring or The Avengers or Fantastic Four or Justice League or Wonder Woman and countless other movies and television shows? The number one movie, the number one television show right now in America is Supernatural, the most seen television show right now what is this why is there such a fascination of the supernatural in the world but a vaccination against it in the church think about that why is it that they're so comfortable talking about this I counted this weekend so this fall I counted and I was looking for all of the supernatural themed movies as, as I've been writing this message for uh, my, my summer ministry. And I came up with uh, 34 different supernatural movies and, and television shows. And I counted again yesterday. And there's at least 55. Another 20 have come out since the fall. I have a list of them. I'm not going to take the time to go over them. But it's interesting that one of the great characteristics of this generation is the supernatural. So if that is true, if we're going to reach this generation, then we have to be people of the supernatural. Because hear me, Christianity is nothing if it is not supernatural. Thank you. I'm going to stay on this side for a little bit, right? Christianity is nothing if it is not supernatural. You cannot take the supernatural out of Christianity. You can't do it. You would, er you would erase the text that we read, that, that we call the Bible. You would erase it. It will become a history book. It will become popular reading. Not 
supernatural. Jesus wasn't just a great figure who lived at one time, had a, had a cult following, and by, the, by his works became historic. No, he was God. Most of us are living in a natural, in, in such a natural world, we've forgotten about the supernatural one. And we even see Jesus the same way. We see Jesus as the son of God, but we really kind of stop there and we see him as Mary's boy. Just Mary's boy. And maybe the reason our apologetics are lacking is because we've, we've, we've kept him as Mary's boy and not the son of God. Listen to what, listen to how Paul explained your, our life. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the devil, the schemes, the plans. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. See, there are two kingdoms that exist. Two kingdoms that exist around us today. The first one is the satanic kingdom. Do you understand that? I don't know if you've neutered Satan. I don't know if you've like put him on neutral. I don't know if you've like, right? And just like, you know, uh, you know I, I, that devil made me do a thing. I don't, I don't know about that. You know, I have a pretty good, I, I mess up my own life pr pretty well. Let me tell you something. The serpent, the devil, Lucifer, the dragon, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, world forces of wickedness in high places, Jezebel, the whore, Simon the sorcerer. Do I have to go on? All throughout scripture, there is a satanic kingdom that is opposing Jehovah's kingdom. But what happens is we live in the 21st century, and so we, we see that as historical. We see that as something from the past. And, and we've forgotten how powerful it is to seduce us. Listen, Satan can be seen in sin, in disasters, in the works of man, the crusades, the civil war, World War I, World War II, Nazi exterminations, the terrorist attacks on 9 -11. Do I have to go on? I have a list of 40 different ways that Satan, has his kingdom, has operated here on the earth. And we are oblivious to most of it. Listen, racism isn't about red and yellow, black, brown, and white. Racism is about Satanism. Somebody hear me? R racism isn't about color or tint. It's not about background. Racism is about Satanism. Man, I, I don't feel that. That's the problem. You'll see as this unfolds. Listen, you need to change your fight. 
Most of us spend too much time fighting in the natural when we should be spending more of our time fighting in the supernatural. Do you really think you're fighting your roommate? Do you really think you're fighting the person on your floor? Do you really think you're fighting mom and dad or your brother? Do you really think you're fighting the school costs too much or the sickness that you have? Do you really think that what you're fighting is the loss of your grandmother or your grandfather? Do you really think what you're fighting is, is this sickness you just can't, you can't get rid of? It? Do you really think we're fighting the coronavirus? Is that, is that what you think we're fighting? No, we're not. Those things are simply a manifestation of Satan's kingdom. Do you know why you're struggling with alcoholism? Do you know why you're struggling with date rape or bullying? Do you understand why you here on this campus are struggling with sexual sin? It's called Satanism. Yeah, I love you. I know I'm not feeling it right now, but I'm so okay with that. You are struggling because the great whore has unleashed her fornication in America. And the great whore is winning. You understand how powerful the great whore of fornication is? Satan has unleashed her in America. And because you are battling books or internet connections or the person that walks by you and you can't get your eyes out right, the first look is free, the second look will kill you. You, you think you're battling the, the seen things? No, you're not. If you win the battle of Satanism, hear me, if you win the battle against the whore, you win the battle against fornication. But you're not winning the battle against the whore. And I knew it was going to get quiet in here this morning. I knew it, and I'm so okay with it. I have so many of my friends right now who are praying in the Spirit over us. So many of my friends right now who are praying in the Spirit over us for our eyes to be opened. I woke up this morning and uh, really early, and when I woke up this morning, the first words out of my mouth were praying in the Spirit. In an, in an unknown world, I, was, I woke up in an unknown world, even though I was in a hotel in Dallas. <laughs> but I woke up in an unknown world, praying in the Spirit. I do it every morning. Tonight, when I put my head on my pillow, I will pray in the Spirit. I started this 15 or 16 years ago when my wife and I said, we've got to pray in the Spirit more because we're not affecting enough change amongst the teenagers in this country. And she had this idea, let's pray in the Spirit in the morning. Let's pray in the Spirit. The first words I say and the last words I say are praying in the Spirit. Because I do not live in a natural world. We don't, we, it just does not just exist naturally. Listen, listen. If you think that you're fighting your roommate and all these, right, the guy or the gal, and, 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 and that you're not good like Johnny or cute like Jenny or whatever, listen, you're wrong. You are fighting Satan. You are fighting the serpent. You are fighting Lucifer. You are fighting the devil, the dragon, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and world forces of wickedness in high places. That's who your fight is against. And if you don't win your fight against them, you're going to lose your fight against everything else. You know what worship is? Worship is establishing one kingdom over another. 
Let me talk about the second kingdom before we worship in this place. And before you shut down all of those voices in your life through your worship. The second kingdom is God's kingdom, let's call it Yahweh's supernatural kingdom. So we had the satanic one and now we have this Yahweh's kingdom. Defined by the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Defined by ministering spirits. Do you know that every one of you, if you're a saint, you're assigned a ministering spirit. I raised our kids, Jane and I raised our kids with a ministering spirit around each one of them. We gave a name to that, to that spirit and we assigned it to our kids when they were born. My kids grew up talking to Safe. That was his name. His name, I, her name for Jory. My kids grew up knowing that Safe was with them always. My, my daughter texted me this morning, Daddy, I'm praying for you right now. Me and Jaxie are praying for you right now, my, my grandson. We're praying for the students right now because she understands the two kingdoms. I, I, have, I could tell you stories where uh, ministering spirits interrupted our family and did incredible things. Aside from the Holy Spirit walking into our home and healing my son one time. Aside from the Holy Spirit saving my daughter's life in a, in a car, a, a, interrupting, stopping her, flying down the highway, stopping her, saying, pull over. And she, and she was shaking, and she pulled her, her Jeep over on the highway, and cars are flying by, and she starts shaking. She puts it in drive, and she starts praying in the Spirit. And a, and a massive semi come, came flying by her, and it startled her, and she didn't know what to do. She was gripped, right, and the, the Holy Spirit, as, much, as quick as the Holy Spirit said, pull over, he said, now you can go. And she was like, just, I don't understand this. And she looks over, right, she puts it in drive, and she heads down the road, and she's not a mile down the road, and there are taillights everywhere. And there had been a massive accident that had just taken place, and that semi that came running, flying by her, within a minute, rammed into about eight to ten cars. And as she approached it, she was shaking. People were out on their phones already. She was a junior here at North Central at the time, which was about six years ago or so. But, and she drove, she drove home. She was shaking. She pulled in. This is a Friday night. And she pulled into the house, and she came in, and Jane and I were uh, watching a movie, and she walked in, and she was shaking. And she came over. We turned it off, and she said, she told us a story what happened. And she looked at us, and she said, the Holy Spirit saved my life. See, we do not just live in a natural world. Listen to this from, from Revelation. I, I want you to feel the, the, uh, the combat. I want you to feel the tension. I want you to feel the difference between uh, this natural world and the spirit, the spirit world. In Revelation, uh, chapter uh, Revelation chapter 12, 
it says, uh, I'll start with verse uh, 7 for sake of time here, just to give you the, uh, the, the quick outline. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. And they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, in case you're not sure who he is, right? In case you're thinking that this is just an analogy. Revelation is just an analogy. Can you imagine if Revelation was placed into a series of, of films and, and put out, if some of these great producers and, could, and musicians could put life to Revelation? Can you imagine and as this war unfolds, the Bible says that the accuser of the brethren, somebody say, the accuser, say it. Come on, say it. The accuser of the brethren, he was cast down, right? He was cast down. And they overcame him. They, that's, a, okay, this, this is those who war against him. They overcame him. You know it. How did they overcome? How did they overcome? By the word and the blood, the, the word of their testimony, the blood of the lamb, and by not, what? Loving their lives even to the very end. Understanding the, let me, let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. We'll get to him in a minute. And by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. It, literally, they did not love their lives on earth and value, listen, value the natural. They did not just value the natural. They valued the supernatural unto, unto death. It's, almost, it's, 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 it's freaky, isn't it? It, it, it? When you, listen, you could talk about some of this stuff outside of this room, and it would be so natural. And you, and you talk about some of this stuff in the church, and they think, well, uh, you've been like watching too many movies or something. No, I've been reading the scriptures. Continuing in Revelation. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of, of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to the place that was prepared for her. And then I stood. I stood by the sea. And, and John says, I saw another beast. And so this, this kingdom is rising up against Jehovah. This kingdom is rising up against God's kingdom. And then a beast from the earth comes. This is all in chapter 12 and 13. A beast from the earth. Listen, a beast from the earth. How many, I'm not talking about your bay or your bestie. I'm talking about Satan's kingdom. This is a beast from the earth. We don't, we don't use language like that. A beast from the earth came up, and they describe him. He performed great, listen, he performed great signs. Why is it that the kingdom of Satan is moving with great signs, and the church of God is struggling to display them? Why? Why do we not see five uh, football players from Ohio 
Why do we not hear stories of five football players from Ohio who just left their FCA group on a, on a Wednesday and went into football practice? And one of their, one of their play, one of the, the captain of the team is injured. He's laying down. True story. You can Google it and read the story. It's not true because it's on Google, but it's. And you read the story, and this young man is hurt, and he's there, and they, they call in the trainers, and they call 911, and an ambulance is on the way. And one of the young, of the five boys who was in FCA said, this, we got to, let's pray. And they take their helmets off, and they get on their knee around their friend, and they lay hands on their friend. Every position group has stopped. Practice has stopped. And there's obvious worry going on here on this field. And they lay hands on this boy, and all of a sudden, he starts moving. And the trainer's like, no, don't move. He's like, no, hold it. What did you guys do? And he looks at the, he looks at the kids from FCA. And he's like, we're, we're just praying for you. He said, I, I, I'm, I felt some. And he sits up, and he starts to stand, and they're trying to tell him to sit down. You're hurt. And he stands up, and he's like, he walks over to these boys, and he's like, what did you do? He said, something, I'm, I'm healed, I'm Okay. And the football team is stunned and they're holding their, their helmets. I heard, the story, I heard the story told live. Why are we not hearing more of that? Why are we not seeing signs in the kingdom of God, not signs in the satanic kingdom? And then we get to Revelation 19. And these things... And after all of these things, war and the finality of Babylon's fall, you know, all of that stuff. Man, there's so much in there. After all of these things, I heard a loud voice of a great, of a great multitude in heaven saying, hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted, listen, who corrupted the earth with her fornication and he has avenged on her the blood of his, of his servants that were shed by her. And they began to say, hallelujah, and the smoke rose up for, did you see this scene? I could go all the way through uh, 19. It's, it, it's, it's so graphic. Will you stand, please? This scene in, in Revelation 19 is graphic. I hear people all the time, all the time. I have the privilege of being in a different church every week. Small, medium, large, urban, rural, suburban and I get, to see the, I get to see the church in all of its conditions. I get to see it in conservative settings, and I get to see it in classic settings. I get to see it in church plants, in a theater, and all of these different kinds. I, I it's like an advantage-disadvantage, actually. And one of the things that sets every church apart is the presence. The presence. But I hear often, I've heard it here. There are people here who think this, that, you know, chapel's just a little emotional for me. Chapel's a little over the, you know, it's a little, it's a little emotional for me. 
Did you catch the video at the beginning of this? Uh, listen. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude and the sound of many waters and the sound of mighty thunderings saying, Alleluia, for the Lord our God omnipotent, he reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him the, right, give him the glory for he has prepared the marriage supper of the Lamb. He has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, to you, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen in the right, is the righteous acts of the saints. So write this, he said to me, write this. John is in, this, in the Spirit on this day, and the Holy Spirit says to him, write this down. No matter, no matter what you're going through today, write this down. I'm so moved when I watched that video by a world who's all in. And the thought of a church that is not. Write this, blessed are those who get called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to, to me, these are the true sayings of God. And so I fell at his feet to worship. And he said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm just a fellow servant. I, I'm one of the brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Let's worship God. And now I saw then heaven opened up to me, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head had many crowns, and he had a name that was written, and no one except, except himself knew it. He was clothed, with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the, listen, and the armies of heaven. You are not in this freaking life alone. You are not alone. You may be battling Lucifer, the serpent, the dragon, that devil of old, Satan, the whore, the sorcerer. Put a name on him. You might be battling in your life. Hear me. You are not battling alone. Next time that temptation comes, hit your playlist and bring in the presence of God.
Listen to me. I don't deal with the same, I don't struggle with the same kind of things you do. I did it one time when I was your age and when I was mature as you. But I've conquered some of those things now. But it doesn't mean that Satan is finished. Hear me. Just this weekend, it happens all the time. Maybe you know my story. My wife passed away four years ago, and I, I, travel, I, I, I travel all the time. And it's happened eight or ten times. But this weekend, it happened again. I'm in a hotel for three days, and I'm going to check into my room, and a woman walks by and stops and introduces herself to me. And I, trim, I, I literally I trembled because this has happened so many times. I didn't, I didn't even turn around this time, and I just said, I was putting my key in, and I said, I'm sorry, I'm a man of God, and I'm going into my room, and I'm going to worship right now. And I opened the door, Alan, and I went into my room. And the hosts of heaven were fighting for me. I can't even tell you if it was a temptation. I didn't even look at her. But I know that I was not warring alone in that moment. It is when you war alone that you lose. That's when you lose. And so God says, listen, I saw the door open, the, right? The horse comes, the word of God comes in, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed in with him and stood around me. You're struggling with fornication? Then worship. You're struggling with pride or bullying or cheating on that test or slash and dash or call it what you, you're struggling? Then change your playlist from natural to supernatural. Because if you will, one more quick, they're going to lead us in one minute. If you can get out of that natural world and live in that super, listen, you'll be sitting at a restaurant and the gay waiter will say to you, are you, and I say, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm not. But are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm gay. That's cool. How'd you get here? How'd you get to that? In the eyes, of, right? Two weeks ago. It happens several times a month. I have a grace with homosexuals. By the time he was done serving, me and a pastor who was seated with us in Phoenix, by the time, this just uh, two, this three weeks ago now, by the time we were finished, he came back and he said, uh, are you guys pastors or Christians? And we began to tell him our story and then said, then he said, I used to go to church, but I got hurt by, and tells us the whole story. In just a moment, just a moment, being led by the Holy Spirit, And they stood around me, this host of heaven stood around me. And they began to say, holy, holy, 
holy. Is the Lord God Almighty holy? Every one of us have to get to the point where heaven comes to our earth. I want you to step out where you're at right now and turn this place into worship. We, we flipped our worship this morning. And I want you as one to lift this praise, to lift this worship over whatever you are struggling with. I want you to put your foot on the head of the serpent with your worship. Come on. Will you, will you throw your hands up now and just begin? I know you're temp it's tempted to be like, yeah, we're done and we're out and it's time to go. But will you just take 10 or 15 minutes right now and bring heaven into your earth? Bring the supernatural to your natural. Will you do that right now? Because I'm telling you, if you can do it here, if you begin it here, then you can do it there. Come on, li lift it. Lift it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, who is to come. Come on, say it. Holy, holy, holy are you. Come on, sing over your situation. Sing over your situation.